Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, so good to have all of you at all our churches, Bluntstown, Chipley, and Mariana. So good to have y'all with us as we are in our final week of our series entitled No Regrets. And uh, before we get into today's talk, uh, there's one thing I'm really excited to share with you. Um, for the past few weeks, I've been telling you about an opportunity that we have to show our people in our community that God is for them by the way that we are for them. Um, you know, if you're part of RCC, that's just really our whole mission is to lead people in growing relationships with Jesus Christ. And one of the ways we do that is to help people understand that God is for them by the way that we love them. Because you can't say you love God if you don't love people well, right? And so um, here's what's starting this morning. On every fourth Sunday of each month, beginning today, we're going to give you the opportunity and we're gonna even challenge you each month to give back to our community in some way. Sometimes it's just gonna be through giving, sometimes there's gonna be an opportunity to serve, and then there's also gonna be some opportunities for you to do something that we call where you have the opportunity to provide some other resources in other ways. So today, to kind of get us started on this thing, we challenged all of you last week to bring $4. So we're asking all of you to invest $4 back into our communities, and we are calling this Four dollars for others. Now, four dollars doesn't sound like a whole lot of money. It's only a cup, cup, cup of coffee for some of you, right? But if everybody at RCC gave four dollars today, we would raise over six thousand dollars to give back to our communities. That together, I mean, that adds up to be a great blessing for our community. So each month, what will happen is these gifts will be given to a group of people or an organization in your community to serve them and bless them as they serve our community. In fact, every dollar that you give at your campus goes back to your community. So Blountstown, everything you give goes into Blountstown area. Um, everything in Chipley goes to Chipley. Everything in Marietta goes to the Jackson County area. So here's where your $4 is gonna go this month. This month, your funds are gonna go to the schools in your community to help with resources and supplies for teachers and students. Um, my wife has worked in the school year, or school system for years now, and um, Here's what I know. Um, many of you that work in the school system, you take hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars a year out of your own pockets to resource your classrooms and your students. Um, in fact, sometimes my wife will even raid my closet and say, hey, do you need these clothes because we need some belts or something for some of the kids at school? And it's just like, no, take it. That means I get new stuff, right? But anyhow, um, so here, here's the way it's going to work. Every dollar that comes in today will go to help some schools in your community. So here's how you can give. There was this envelope that was on your chair when you came in, and you can put this money in the envelope and then drop it in the giving boxes on your way out, or you can scan this QR code and um, the, the, that will take you to a place where you can give as well. Now, here's the thing. I, I just want to say thank you for being a church that really is for our community. Um, there's going to be also times when we're going to ask you to give the $4, but we're also going to ask you to do some other things to serve and show love through serving. And um, it's just an incredible opportunity to help us fulfill the mission of our church, and that is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus. Now, if you would like to consistently uh, help us show parents and children and students and adults and people in our communities that God is for them, you can also give uh, what we call a tithe around here. Um, uh, you can give that generously each month if you want to, and you can do that through our app or our website, or you can drop those in the giving boxes as well. So I'm excited to tell you 
what the response is going to be, and we're going to be able to show you some pictures of how the teachers and the, and the school responds as well um, in the next week or so. So, um, man, it's going to be exciting to see uh, this begin, just a whole new adventure of showing our communities that we're for them. So go ahead and pull out your talk notes, and uh, let's jump in today's talk, the conclusion of a three-part sermon series that we've been um, in. As I said earlier today, we are wrapping up this series, um, dealing with victory over temptation in our life. And as we talked about, when it comes to temptation, there are always things that are true when it comes to temptation. Two things specifically. The first one is this. There's always more at stake than what we think. See, whenever we face a temptation, we think this is just a single isolated decision in this moment. And what we fail to realize in that moment is because temptation always speaks deeply to our emotions and it creates so much emotion in us. We, we fail to realize because of the emotion or we choose to ignore is that there's far more at stake than just here and now. In fact, what we discovered is there's at least three things that are at stake with every temptation that you face in your life. And we've talked about them for the last few weeks. Your future is at stake, your family's at stake, and your faith is at stake. Now, we talk about your future being at stake because giving into temptation always has consequences later in life. And resisting temptations always has rewards later in life. You always reap later and greater in life. So if you resist temptation, there'll be greater reward. If you give in to temptation, there'll be greater consequences than what you'll experience in that moment. Now, it's not just your future that's at stake, but it's also your family. And here's why. It is impossible for you to make a decision in your life that only impacts you. Listen, decisions and consequences that come with those decisions that you made, they're never isolated only to you. Now, most of us will tell ourselves something like this. Well, it's just, it's my life. I can do what I want to do with my life. It doesn't impact anybody else. But we all know that's a lie. Every temptation that you give into, it impacts those people that are around you, those people that you love. And even if it's not a direct impact, every time you give into temptation, it changes you. And therefore, it impacts everybody around you. And then the third thing that is at stake is your faith. And, and when we talk about your faith being at stake, we really mean your confidence in God is on the line every time you face temptation. It's not just a temptation most of the time. We think about it as a test of self-control or a test of self-discipline, but it's not. It is, do you trust your heavenly father or not? And that's why the second thing that's always true of every temptation is first, there's more at stake, but the second thing is your ability to withstand temptation is impacted by your confidence in the person making the promise. So when it comes to temptation, it really comes down to how big is my God and do I believe that he can be trusted? And here's what I know, your answer to those questions, it's a really big deal because here's what happens. Once you stop trusting God, you stop obeying God. And after you stop obeying God, then you'll stop believing in God because you're gonna have to change your beliefs to match your new behavior you wanna live out. And then eventually you'll say, well, I don't even follow Jesus anymore. And I'm telling you that pattern is always true. Every time a person walks away from faith or drifts in their relationship with God, it starts with a break 
in or a lack of trust. And you know that's true for every relationship. It's not just true for our relationship with God, but it's also true for our human relationships. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at the three temptations that Jesus faced because those three temptations, they fall into the three categories that all of our temptations that we face are gonna ever fall into. In fact, here's really the good news about temptation. It's Satan is not that creative. He's still using the same three tricks that he's always used. So it's really important for us to look at these three temptations that Jesus faced. So today, what I wanna do is I wanna focus on the third and the final temptation that Jesus faced. Now, if you remember, the first temptation that Jesus faced was the temptation to meet a legitimate desire or need, a God-given desire or need in an illegitimate kind of way. And we've all faced those kind of temptations. And the second temptation was a temptation, as I told you last week, it's a temptation that people who serve in ministry especially can be vulnerable to, and that is we, we wanna do the work of God while avoiding the suffering and the sacrifice, but the path of the cross always takes you through the path of suffering and sacrifice. We were called to suffer because Jesus, as it said, he learned obedience through suffering. Part of what sanctifies us and helps us consecrate ourselves to God is through the path of suffering and sacrifice. And so the second temptation was the temptation to presume on God to bless our plans. In other words, we come up with these plans and we spiritualize them and then we say, God, you need to bail us out or you need to make it happen. But I think this third temptation of all the temptations may be the biggest one for us all. I mean, it is something that I think every one of us face and I think especially as Americans who are about progress and, and achievement, I, I think we face this one as probably our greatest temptation. So here's what I would say to you this morning at all of our churches. If you're a person who loves progress, if you're a person who loves to see things move forward, if you're a person who loves to see, um, well, let's just say you're ambitious and you're aggressive and you're driven, if you're that person where things are never good enough, if you always feel like, oh, there's always room for improvement, if you feel like that you're the standard that everybody else should live up to, I know none of you ever feel that, but if you ever feel like that you're the standard everybody else should live up to, or if you think, and I've never thought this, if I were in charge, things would be so much better. Have you ever said that sitting in a restaurant or somewhere? Oh, if I was in charge of this place, it would be so much better. I mean, if you've ever sat in a church and thought that, if you ever sat in this church and thought that, come introduce yourself. I'd love to put you in charge sometime. But anyhow, but that, that's kind of how we think because we're about progress. I mean, if you tend to be critical of those in any kind of leadership or authority, or if you struggle to find a school or a church or a job that suits you, or if you get angry with people because they don't do things right, right according to who, right? Or if you tend to notice other people's faults and failures all the time, and you're always irritated by that, then I'm just telling you, you are very vulnerable to falling into this temptation. In fact, students, 
I mean, if you've already kind of identified the milestones that you want to accomplish in your life, I mean, you're going to graduate with honors, you're going to get a job in a certain field, and you're going to wait, work your way to a specific position by year five and another position by year 10. I mean, you got your plans laid out, you got your internships lined up, and you're looking forward to it. I mean, you're going to make it happen, and nothing is going to stop you. Let me just say something to you as a student. You better watch out for this temptation. Some of you parents, you are in danger of this temptation. I mean, you know what you want to teach your children. You will know what you want them to be like. And you, want them, you, you know what you want them to uh, achieve in their life. And so you get up every day with a plan of activities and goals. And you're intentional about everything that you're doing. And you're driving them. And you're moving them. And they never can move fast enough. And they never can do good enough. Be careful, parents. Some of you business professionals, you're in danger of this. You love the challenge. It's what wakes you up every morning, right? And no matter how good things are, you always see areas where things need to improve and you're constantly pushing for progress. It should be better. It should be bigger. And we should do it faster. And here's the thing. When progress doesn't come as fast as you want it to, it drives you crazy. And I'm telling you, as a business leader, that's when you're in danger of falling into this temptation. So here's the thing. If that's you, and from what I can tell, we tend to attract a lot of people to this church at all of our campuses who are a lot like that. I have no idea why, since it's like one of my biggest temptations, right? There, there's a couple of things that I, I think you really need to know. And first of all, the first thing you need to know is that desire for progress and growth and improvement. I just want you to know this this morning. That is the image of God in you. God created you to pursue progress because he is a God of progress. I mean, you think that you've accomplished something with your life? Think about this. He created something out of nothing in six days. That's pretty impressive, right? I mean, for six days, he worked to move creation forward and making it better. And then here's what he did. He handed creation over to humans and he said, I want you to manage this creation and he says, and I want you to keep developing it, developing it. He says, you get to oversee the progress of the planet. So whenever you feel this desire to improve, to have progress, and to keep moving things forward, that's the image of God in you. But I'm also telling you this morning, in your desire to see progress and to see things get better, you are set up for a very specific temptation. And here's the temptation. You may want to write it down. It's the temptation to pursue right things in the wrong way. It's the temptation to momentarily park what honors God and other people at the door to achieve more. I, I, I will excuse myself. I will justify myself for any kind of progress. And I'll, I'll set anything that honors God and people at the door. Or another way of saying it is, is the temptation to take shortcuts to accomplish what you really want to see accomplished or you believe God wants you to accomplish. And I'm just telling you, if you're with us today and you haven't experienced this yet, you will. Everybody faces this temptation to take shortcuts in their life at some point in time. 
For example, for some of you, your careers aren't moving fast enough as you want, and God doesn't seem to be making any of that happen for you. So you're starting to bend your morals and your ethics just a little bit to get where you want to go. Or maybe your marriage is not where you hoped and expected it to be, and, and you've prayed, and God hasn't changed him, or God hasn't changed her in any way. So now you're looking out for yourself by getting your needs met by something or someone outside of your marriage. Or maybe you're single and dating's not happening like you wanted it to happen. Okay, the truth is dating's not happening at all because you have been saying, God, I wanna date a man or a woman with a specific set of qualities or standards, but God's not sending that person your way. And so you decide, okay, God, if you can't find someone for me, then I'm just gonna find them myself and all those character qualities that I thought about, I, I'm just gonna let them sit on the side and we'll wait for those later. Or maybe for some of you, I was in a conversation with a guy about this this week, in fact, about to close an important deal, land a big project, but there were some snags in the negotiation and, and you know how to get by that obstacle. All you need to do is do just what everybody else does in, in, that, in that field and, and you compromise your integrity a little bit. See, some of you, you've got this, I'm gonna make it happen kind of thing, even if it means not trusting God to honor your integrity. In other words, you've like waited and waited and waited and said, God, I expect you to come through and he hasn't. And you go, enough's enough. So you decide, okay, it's time that I do something. And so you come up with this plan and you figure out how you're gonna make things happen on your own. Here's the thing, this is the problem with that. You haven't asked God if that plan is okay. And most of the time when you fall into this temptation, you don't plan to ask God if that plan is okay. You've waited on him too long. It's time to take a shortcut. And I'm telling you, all of us are tempted to do that, aren't we? From time to time, every one of us. But I wanna tell you something today. It's never okay to do the right thing in the wrong way. Matter of fact, you're gonna face this temptation a lot in life to do the right thing in the wrong way. And in those moments when you are tempted to take a shortcut, you're gonna discover who you are and whose you really are. And you'll discover what your character and what your integrity is really like. And you'll discover how strong your integrity is in the, faith of, in the face of what seems to be like a guarantee to get you what you want. And you're gonna hear this little voice in your head and it's gonna say, just this one time, it won't matter. And you'll discover who you're trusting in that moment to accomplish your dreams and your goals and the progress that you wanna see happen. Like, do you really believe it's up to you or do you trust God to guide you where you wanna go in the way that he wants you to get there? And that was the third temptation that Jesus faced. It is the temptation to pursue right things in the wrong way. And as we're about to see, it may have been the most challenging temptation that Jesus faced because of what was at stake. And here's the thing, it's what Jesus could also avoided if he had taken a shortcut. So if you got your Bibles, I invite you to go with me to Matthew chapter four. We're gonna start in verse eight. We're gonna dive right into the middle of this story and start reading. Here's what happens with Jesus and how he responded to this temptation. It says again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. 
Now, just like last week I said, I'm not exactly sure how this happened or how this worked. Some of you, you sent some cards and notes in and said, well, he got teleported. I mean, he's God. He can do all this kind of stuff. Some of you said he, uh, he got beam me up. He was the first beam me up Scotty thing. I don't know how it worked. But however it happened, Jesus saw all the kingdoms and their splendor, which is important. Because this is what Satan says in the next verse. He says, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. In other words, Jesus, if you'll submit to my authority for just this brief moment, just this one time, then I'll give you authority over this whole world. Now I want you to understand something. That's a pretty big claim. When Satan says, I'll give you authority over this whole world, what's interesting is Jesus didn't argue with him and say, you don't have that authority to give me. This isn't your world. Jesus didn't say that. Because see, this is precisely why Jesus came back to the earth. He came back to reclaim the authority that God had given to man and man had then given to Satan when he chose to rebel against God. That's why Jesus, when he died and rose again, he looked at the disciples, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So this is huge because Satan is basically saying, Jesus, if you'll just bow down to me at this moment, I'll give you exactly what you came to get. There'll be no cross, there'll be no death, there'll be no suffering, there'll be no pain. You will bypass all that and I'm offering a shortcut to what you want most. And I'm telling you folks, that temptation to have a shortcut to what you want most is gonna happen to you at some point in your life. You're gonna have an opportunity to temporarily compromise what you know is right and accomplish what you believe is good and gain what you desperately want by taking a shortcut. And and you're gonna feel like at times in your life, I remember in my 20s, I just kept thinking, if you're in your 20s or a teenager and you're feeling this or 30s, I just kept feeling like, man, time's running out on me. Time's running out. I'm gonna hit a dead end here. And I gotta make something happen. And I'm telling you, when you're in that state of mind, maybe you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s and you're starting to feel that, time's running out and I'm hitting a dead end. When you're in that state of mind, this temptation for us is so tempting because see, we think that the issue is the dream or the goal that we're pursuing in life. But do you know what really is at stake with this temptation? What really is at stake is your peace. It's the peace of knowing that I'm right where God wants me to be and I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. See, if you give in to this temptation, you might see that dream happen, although there's no guarantee of that. But I tell you what else will happen if you give in to this temptation. You will lose your confidence that God is with you because from that moment on, you'll know that you pursued the right thing and the wrong way and you didn't trust God. And the result will be, you might achieve what you want, but you won't have any peace when you do. You'll have no peace with God. And not only will it affect your peace with God, when you abandon what is important for what is immediate, you will always hurt people in the process. You will always sabotage and wreck relationships. So your peace with God and your peace with other people is at stake as well. And I wanna tell you, especially if you're young and aggressive in leadership, the greatest regret in my life 
as a leader, business-wise, church-wise, is to look back and go, you know what? There were things that I knew God wanted me to do, but I took a shortcut. And not only did it affect my relationship with God, but it left carnage in my path. And most of that God has cleaned up for me. I can't capable of doing it. But you will always leave carnage of people in your past. And I'm telling you, there'll be a day when you wake up and you'll go, it wasn't worth that. It wasn't worth it. Your relationship with God's not worth it and your relationship with people are not worth it. Listen, when you take a shortcut for the sake of compromise, or for the sake of progress, you will always compromise what love requires of you. See, whenever you give into this temptation of pursuing the right thing in the wrong way, you'll always justify why it's okay for you not to love others the way that Jesus commanded you to love them with sacrificial love, with forgiving love, with reconciling love. And Jesus knew that better than anybody. So this shortcut, this opportunity to bypass all the pain and the suffering and the death, Jesus then, he hears this opportunity, but he reaches back again, as he did with the other temptations, into the history of the Jewish people as Moses spoke to them. And he quotes a warning that Moses gave the Israelites just before they finally entered into the promised land. I want you to listen to this in verse 10. Here's what he said. Away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. If you're taking notes in your Bible, I want you to underline this because we're gonna come back to this in just a moment. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. In other words, Jesus say, say, is saying, I, I see what's at stake here and I refuse to shift my devotion even for a moment to get what I want to achieve. I, I refuse to say that I'm going to um, give up my values, my goals, and my dreams, and, and my progress. I, I, I'm not gonna go after that in a way that violates God or people. Because in the end, what matters the most is to know that God is with me, not to achieve what I think God has for me. Don't miss that. See, in the end, at the end of your life, the end of your career, at the end of your ministry, what matters the most is to know that God is with me, not to achieve what I think God has for me. So I'm not gonna choose what is immediate over what is important. And don't miss this. Jesus could have given into this temptation. He could have avoided the agony and the death on the cross. But you know what he wanted more than to avoid that pain? He wanted an unbroken relationship with his heavenly father. He wanted the confidence that God was with him no matter what he faced. And he wanted the peace that he, where he, was, he was where he was because God had brought him there. Now listen carefully. Because some of you, you're going to face temptation beginning this next week. Some of you are facing this temptation right now and you are on the verge of choosing to pursue the right thing in the wrong way. But before you do, let me remind you of something. You may wanna put this in front of you this week. You'll never maintain God's presence by abandoning God's principles. You will never maintain God's presence in your life by abandoning 
God's principles. You, you might be able to make progress and achieve what you want, although that's never guaranteed, but I tell you what is guaranteed is this. You'll never maintain God's presence in your life by abandoning God's principles. In other words, you can't justify disobeying God to accomplish the goal that God has given you and believe that in some way it won't impact your relationship with him in a negative way. When you abandon God's principles for progress, you pay a high price and other people pay a high price. You pay a high price because you lose the confidence and the peace that comes from knowing that God is with you. And isn't that what all of us want the most? I mean, in the end, isn't that what you hope for, for your life? So how do you keep that from happening? Let me give you a point to help you understand that. You never abandon what's important for what's immediate. Please don't miss this. If you don't hear anything else I say today, just catch this. Never abandon what's important for what's immediate. It's always a mistake to trade what you want most in your future for what you want or could have right now. And I think we could safely say what you want most in your future is your integrity and your character. What you want most is the respect of your family and your friends. What you want most is to be able to lay your head at your pillow at the end of the day and know that God is with you. And that's what Jesus decided in this moment mattered more than anything else in all the kingdoms of the world. And at the end, guess what? At the end, he got both, right? but he did it with integrity and his relationship with his heavenly father, it was still intact. So let me ask you a question this morning that I want you to be processing all this week and that is this. What is it that you want so badly that you're tempted to trade what's most important for what's most immediate? Like what's that right thing that you're being tempted to pursue in a wrong way? And you're telling yourself, but it'd only be one time. Just once, I'm gonna fudge the accounting numbers just so I can get where I need to be. Just once, I'm, I'm not gonna fully disclose all the info and I'll get the deal that I've dreamed of having for so long. Or just once, I'm gonna play politics and I'm gonna ma manipulate the situation to get me where I need to be or the position I wanna be in. Just one time taking the money. Just one time keeping the money. Just one time making the exception for who you date. Just one time not reacting with love. Just one time telling a half-truth just one time. Well, just one more time. Just one more time. Getting your needs met by somebody outside or something outside your marriage. Just one more time and you'll go back to doing what's right. But here's what Jesus knew and we often don't know or forget. There's no going back and undoing. There's no going back and undoing just one time is there. And you know, and I know that, even though we've convinced ourselves so many times that it's okay. I mean, everybody else does that and, and they told you it was okay and it's just standard practice in your business or your industry. But even though you've built a convincing argument for why it's okay, you still don't have peace about it because down deep inside, you know. You know that you're trading what's most important for what's most immediate. And you know this is really about whether you believe God will do what he says he will do and that God is 
who he says he is. So as tempting as this shortcut looks, I really pray that you'll be wise enough and you'll lean into the Holy Spirit this week and not make this choice. Because I'm telling you folks, you can't put a price on the peace and the presence of God in your life. There's nothing. The kingdoms of this world are not worth it. Now think about this. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't give in to this temptation? Aren't you glad he chose to do things God's way? Because I'm telling you, without the cross and the resurrection, we couldn't be forgiven. Our sin debt would never have been paid, but he didn't take the easy route. He didn't take the shortcut to progress. He took the hard road that was before him. And in the end, honoring God caused love to win. Love always wins. So here's my question to you today. Will you make the decision today, whenever you're faced with this temptation this next week, and you feel like you have this choice between like, I'm abandoning progress and my dreams in order to honor God, will you make the decision to trust God to honor your integrity and your character? Like when you have the opportunity at your fingertips, will you like Jesus choose to say, I will not worship the goal more than God? Remember Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and what? Serve him only. So will you say like Jesus, I will not worship the goal. I won't worship the dream. I won't worship progress more than God. And when you make that choice, I mean, that's when you're gonna absolutely know with certainty that you're a person of integrity and you've put your full trust in your heavenly father because in that moment, you're gonna discover who and whose you are. Now, here's the thing. You're with us today, one of our churches, you've never chosen to follow Jesus, enter into a relationship with him. Today, I believe that God's inviting you to follow him. And I believe that God is inviting you to experience the life that he really wants. And he offers forgiveness to you freely, but you have to accept it. So as we close, I wanna give you an opportunity to do just that. If you're a Christ follower, I'll give you an opportunity as well in this service to say, God, I want you more than progress, or my dreams or my goals. So I'm gonna pray. And during this prayer, if you've never chosen to deny yourself, to say, God, I'm gonna die to myself and I'm gonna follow Jesus. I receive, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I receive your forgiveness. I want you to say that during this prayer. And then as I pray, the band's gonna come out on all of our campuses and. They're gonna lead us in a song of reflection and repentance. And if you're a Christ follower, during the song, you realize, man, I've worshiped the gold. I've worshiped whatever dream I had, the progress, more than God. Use this song as a time of repentance and reflection to say, God, I'm coming back to you. I mean, in fact, there's a line in the song that says, I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open my heart to you. For many of you, that's your peace. That's your path back to peace with God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for this incredible opportunity in this moment for students and men and women 
to find peace with you. And it's what we really want the most. Because when we're right with you, I mean, life is so much better even when life is not working right. Because we know that you're with us. We know that you're, we can be confident of that. So God, I just pray that for any person who's sitting in any of our churches today and they've never received you as their Lord and Savior, may they just say in their heart right now, God, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask you to come in my heart and forgive me of all my sin. Best I know how, I'm gonna start following you today. But I understand part of that path of following is learning those principles. So I'm just gonna keep coming back and I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna lean in. Learn what it be, means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. God, for any Christ follower that found their hearts drifted through this process, may this be the day when they say, God, I, I've worshiped the goal the dream, what I wanted to accomplish more than worshiping you. So I'm coming back. I open my heart to you. In Jesus' name we pray this, amen.